Hi, and welcome to episode 53 of the quizzically named Five Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. Shout out to geologists out there. In this episode, I'll taste Caliche Silver Puerto Rican Rum, talk a bit about filling your refrigerator with yet even more syrups, and make the Tropicalia cocktail. That cocktail is bright, full of citrus, and bolstered by a couple of rums, including, of course, the aforementioned Caliche. Now, before getting started with the Caliche rum itself, um, I'd like to take a moment to congratulate the Zen Tiki Lounge podcast on their recent 10th anniversary. Uh, their 10th anniversary episode was just posted, I think, a little um, about a week ago. A week ago, excuse me. Uh, they had a party. Uh, they were nice enough to invite me over. It was a great time. Uh, we recorded a little something for that uh, 10th anniversary episode, and the host Sunshine um, had some great party favors, including uh, small bottles of his own version of spice rum. Uh, remember, you don't want to buy spice rum. You want to infuse your own spice rum. Um, and I put a link to uh, Sunshine's recipe in the show notes, as well as a link to the Zen Tiki Lounge podcast itself. Um, and there's a picture of uh, the cool little bottle that was used for that souvenir. Anyway, so 10 years is a long time to be doing a podcast. Um, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, so congratulations to Zen Tiki Lounge, to Sunshine and all the hosts. Uh, keep up the good work. And thank you very much for having me on. Now, the Caliche rum, uh, this is a silver Puerto Rican rum, so it's going to have some of those things that you might expect when you look at the bottle and know that it's a silver Spanish-style Puerto Rican rum. Um, you might expect it to be crisp and dry. You might expect it to be good in a daiquiri, et cetera, et cetera, some of the things we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, so let's go ahead and do a tasting first and then get into a little bit more about the rum itself and, and who's making it. Um, in the glass, um, so I'm going to take a slightly different tact on the uh, appearance. Uh, the first thing that stands out about this rum is the bottle, um, which frankly is a good way to counter the fact that a, a silver rum looks like water in a bottle. Uh, if you have sort of a plain bottle of silver rum, it's going to look like basically a bottle of water. So uh, good on them marketing-wise to come up with an interesting-looking uh, uh, bottle. And of course, there's pictures of the bottle in the show notes. The glass itself is textured and is relatively thick, and the name of the rum is raised up onto the glass surface. Uh, the bottle has a, a wide base that tapers uh, towards the center as it rises, and at the neck is a wrapping of some heavy twine or light rope, if you prefer, uh, and a synthetic cork attached to a wood cap. So while bottles that are wider at the bottom than at the top don't always sit nicely with other bottles in the bar, they do have a nice side benefit of seeming to last longer the more you drink from them. So anyways, that was a lot on the bottle, but the rum itself is a clear liquid, as you would hope, uh, slash expect from a silver rum. And in the glass, it forms, you know, good thick legs that slide down quickly when swirled around the top of the glass, giving way to some droplets. In terms of aroma, uh, if I just take a smell here, there's a little bit of astringency, probably more so once you've aerated it and swirled it around. Uh, pick up some, definitely some vanilla and baking spices. It's dry in the sense that it doesn't smell like a sugar bomb, um, which is which is a good thing. Now, in terms of taste, uh, just a little bit of warmth and some subtle fruit notes, almost like a very faint white grape taste. Not white grape like wine, but just sort of that, like if you were you know chewing on white grapes. Uh, fortunately, the vanilla and the baking spice notes from the nose uh, don't seem too pronounced to me. Um, I find it eventually settles midway on the tongue and then provides a short, um, if not that, you know, a little bit of a stringency, but not too much of that, that you got a little bit on the nose as well. In terms of finish, it fades more in the mouth and tongue rather than down the throat. Uh, it doesn't linger too long, but it's not unpleasant either. Uh, it never really heats up, but that's not necessarily out of character for this type of rum where you would expect a dryness and a crispness, crispness excuse me, and a lighter body. So in summary, this is a, a pretty sippable silver rum, uh, but one I'd probably still use primarily for mixing or in a daiquiri. 
Uh, it hits the expected notes of a Spanish-style silver rum. I did a side-by-side -side with the Cruzon Silver. Now, the Cruzon Silver is a Virgin Islands rum from the same rum category, and I found the nose more pleasing with the Caliche. The finish on the Caliche was also smoother, so while the Cruzon had a more pronounced finish, I don't think it really warranted a longer stay as it gets a little bitter at the tail and at the, at the tail end of the finish. So I think overall the Caliche was softer around the edges and had more depth of flavor. I have no problems mixing with the Cruzon, but when you taste them side by side, you can pick out the differences between the two. Uh, if you like to keep several bottles of this type of rum on hand, I definitely consider adding Caliche to your collection. And if you're not opposed to buying um, a well, quote unquote, well silver Puerto Rican rum that's slightly more expensive than a Don Q or a Cruzon, this one would definitely fit the bill. Um, I'm a little more partial to the Plantation 3 Star and the Kanye Brava and Denison White, which we'll get to another show. Uh, but I think this one fits in very nicely as well. Now, how about the name itself? What does Caliche mean? Caliche is a sedimentary rock that naturally binds other materials together, uh, materials like clay and silt. Uh, it's found in many places, including in Puerto Rico near the Sorales Distillery, which we'll talk about in just a moment. The term Caliche in, is Spanish, and it is originally from the Latin calyx, meaning lime. Uh, caliche is sometimes used in sugar refining as well. Sugar refinement requires calcium carbonate, and caliche can be substituted in for a material like limestone if limestone is not available. So caliche seems to be a fine choice for a name with a couple of subtle nods to the production and even the consumption of rum. The rum itself is manufactured and distributed by the Sorales Distillery in Puerto Rico, which I just mentioned in reference to the, uh, the sedimentary rock. Uh, the Sorales Distillery is also responsible for manufacturing uh, different other, other different styles of rum, like Blackbeard, Palo Viejo, and uh, Don Q, probably most well-known, the Don Q brands of rum. The distillery had its start in Puerto Rico in 1865 and has been producing rum in some fashion ever since. They launched the Don Q brand in 1932, and they are um, the most popular rum currently in Puerto Rico. Specific to Caliche rum, this is a what I found out in doing a little bit more research, it's a joint effort. So this is a boutique brand that was founded between Roberto Sorales of the Sorales Distillery and Rondi, uh, excuse me, Rondi Gerber, R-A-N-D-E-G-E-R-B-E-R. -E -E uh, there's a link to uh, those sites in the show notes as well. Uh, Randy is a U.S.-born founder of a couple of nightlife companies and also for Gerber Spirits, who in addition to Caliche also produced the Casamigos tequila with George Clooney. Uh, the Caliche brand first came to market in 2012. It is a blend of four aged white rums, the fourth being a small bit of Solera rum. So different, different low aged uh, rums with a little bit of Solera. As you'll recall from episode three, Solera is a way of gradually blending aged liquids like rum or other spirits that increases the average age of the overall rum over time. So the Solera literally refers to the set of barrels used in the process. Each container in this uh, set of barrels has a rum of gradually increasing age, and part of each container is moved from barrel to barrel, from youngest to oldest, and eventually bottled once it reaches the desired age. Uh, excuse me, the desired age. Because only part of the rum is transferred from barrel to barrel, that their Solera results in an overall consistency to the rum as it ages and moves along the process. The distillate used for the Caliche rum itself is a blend of Caribbean molasses. Uh, they use a short fermentation cycle. They don't give an exact time. Uh, but the relatively short fermentation cycle is what they allude to. Um, and again, as a light Spanish-style rum, you expect a column distillation process, which is in fact used, and then car uh, charcoal filtration after aging to remove the, uh, the, I guess, the aging element, the color that was obtained from the barrel during the aging. 
Um, it's bottled at what I would call a standard 80 proof or 40% alcohol by volume if you prefer that style of notation. Uh, where to find this rum? This locally for me, this is one that'll show up in my local supermarket. This makes it a great option over other likely rums you'll find in the style, such as Bacardi Silver. Uh, this good availability is undoubtedly due to the fact that the parent company also makes Don Q, and Don Q has done a good job of making uh, distribution inroads over the last few years. So uh, it's in all likelihood, if you can find Don Q rum, you can probably find Caliche. So now moving on, let's talk a little bit about quote unquote other syrups, um, and specifically infusing flavors into simple syrups. So first of all, why bother? Why not just use simple syrup and that other flavor? Um, one reason is that you may want to get a certain flavor and not have to worry about dilution. Uh, this is often the case when you want to introduce something like coffee flavors into a cocktail because you may want that flavor, but of course adding coffee means you're going to be adding water because that's the, the, uh, the delivery vessel for the coffee flavor. Uh, so you can do that either way. You can either use coffee or use a syrup, but you have to consider the dilution as part of the overall recipe. Um, I personally am fond of using tea in place of water in things like punches and cocktails, uh, not just because of the historical precedent, at least in terms of uh, the punches, but also because you may as well bring a little extra flavor along for the ride when you're introducing water as the weak part of a drink. So remember uh, the balance between sweet and sour, strong and weak. If you're going to use weak, uh, you can put a little extra flavor in that part as well. And the same logic can then therefore be applied to a simple syrup. Uh, the syrup's primary concern is, of course, adding sweetness. But if you add other flavor elements like coffee, um, we'll get to coffee syrup in a future show. I know I keep referencing that. That's because I've been working on something with coffee syrup as well. Anyways, um, if you add other flavors to that simple syrup, then you get another dimension of flavor without having to compensate for the addition of water. Um, I'm probably at this point over explaining this. Uh, the headline here is that there are different means to introduce flavor into a cocktail. Infused syrups are another arrow in that quiver. Uh, just use some restraint. Once you start getting into making syrups at home, you'll need to store them and they will slowly take over the fridge. Uh, one thing you may want to consider if you start making a lot of different syrups and you want to conserve space in your refrigerator, maybe consider a small dorm fridge or uh, you know, one of those other smaller refrigerators you can pick up and use that as your storage location as needed. Now, other syrups. Uh, many of your single flavor syrups are already pulling in, pulling in this sort of duty if you think about it. You know, um, how do you get ginger, cinnamon, or vanilla flavors into a cocktail? Usually by way of infused simple syrups because that's one easy way to get them in. So along those lines, um, considered making a tea syrup. So again, I'm fond of using a tea flavor. Maybe I want to get something uh, that combines that tea flavor with the syrup. Tea syrup, very easy to make. Uh, simply brew a strong English breakfast style black tea and then mix it with equal parts baker's sugar while the tea is still hot. Uh, stir that and you'll dissolve the sugar and then store the bottle in the refrigerator. Um, you can add in about a half ounce to an ounce of silver rum as a stabilizer depending on how much of the syrup you made. Um, Baker sugar, uh, there's a picture of this in the show notes. It's a sugar that falls between your standard granulated table sugar and powdered sugar. Um, it dissolves very easily, and I'm finding that I enjoy working with it a lot more of that because it has that tendency to quickly dissolve as opposed to granulated sugar, and you don't have to heat it as much. In fact, with the tea, if you're working with hot tea, it's going to dissolve it all on its own, um, and it makes it very, very easy. So um, back to the tea. If you're fond of using flavored teas, I just used a a black English breakfast tea, but if you're fond of particular flavored tree, excuse me, flavored teas, uh, you may want to experiment in that direction and see what that does to the cocktail that you're working on. If you uh, put in like a floral tea or 
uh, something like an Earl Grey. Uh, that might add a slightly different dimension and may make it a little interesting when you mix that into the rest of the cocktail. The cocktail itself for this episode is called the Tropicalia. Uh, where did the Tropicalia originate? This was one of the two cocktails I created for use at the hotel host bar at Tiki Caliente 7. Uh, both were concocted using rums from sponsors of the event. Uh, the other cocktail that I created was covered in episode 44. Uh, that was the Polynesian Cup. They used the Lost Spirits Polynesian-inspired rum. Uh, link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's almost getting to be a good time to start making that as, as the weather starts to heat up. Uh, this one, the Tropicalia, was developed with the silver rum from Seville Ray, uh, but it didn't make it onto the menu as I believe there are already other recipes that used the Seville Ray silver. So anyway, the idea was to feature that rum and try and make a tropical cocktail that would be relatively easy to pour at the hotel bar. Uh, it was a good, if nondescript, cocktail that hit some of your you know, standard tropical notes, rum, citrus, and some honey. Uh, I kind of packed that away in a notebook when it wasn't used and recently came across it again uh, when finishing, uh, when fishing in that notebook for different information. Uh, the bones of the cocktail looked interesting enough to revive and sort of play around with, and I was looking for a cocktail to use, you know, use Caliche rum in, um, and it's in a similar style, similar vein as the Silver Ray Silver, so that became the basis for this cocktail. Now, one of the things I wanted to try other than when I was adapting this recipe, one of the things I wanted to try other than swapping the silver rum was to introduce some different sweeteners. Uh, the original recipe was one and one half ounce of orange juice, uh, one ounce of, where'd it go? There we go. One ounce of lime juice, three quarters of an ounce of honey mix, one quarter ounce of simple syrup, two ounces of silver rum, that was the silver ray, and one ounce of gold, uh, excuse me, gold Barbados rum. Uh, or shooting for either a Plantation 5 or a Mount Gay Eclipse. Uh, and that was shaken with ice cubes and poured unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass. So uh, for the hotel bar, I didn't know what syrups they would have and what strengths would be, uh, what the strengths would be if they had them. So I kind of stayed away from things that were a little more esoteric, like cinnamon, ginger, and falernum. Uh, you know, differences in cinnamon syrup can make, for instance, a big difference, even if you're only using a quarter ounce or a half ounce. If you use something like a really strong cinnamon syrup versus a, a more average one, you can really change the the complexity of the cocktail not really the complexity the just the, the overall the taste of it let's just put it, let's put it simply um and i wanted to so i wanted to try and eliminate as many variables uh as i could if it was going to be poured at the hotel bar so since this was going to be now made at home what i ended up going with was the tea syrup that we talked about in a few minutes ago and then swapping the proportions with the honey mix and then changing lime for lemon just to play up the tea aspect you know tea honey lemon those things all sort of go together so the revised version of the Tropicalia is one and one half ounce of orange juice, uh, fresh if you can, one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, three quarter ounce of uh, English breakfast tea syrup, one quarter ounce of honey mix, two ounces of silver rum, in this case the Caliche, and one ounce of gold Barbados rum. I'm using the Mount Gay Eclipse. Uh, shake that into a shaker tin with ice cubes and then pour unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass. Um, as I mentioned, serve that in a double old-fashioned glass or mix in a bucket-style tiki mug, and then garnish it with a lime wedge. Uh, there's a photo of that in the show notes, of course. And what I ended up with was uh, what I felt was really good, fresh citrus flavors. The tea syrup itself is very subtle. Uh, it's more flavor than just a simple syrup, but it's not really, really pronounced. It's really just you know playing a little background harmony there. Uh, that can be adjusted as desired, obviously. You could you could amp up the tea syrup strength. You could make it a two-to-one. You could just make the, the brew the tea stronger before you make the syrup. But the key is really to make the flavors play nice together and not have one of them dominate. So I didn't want someone to take a sip and immediately think, oh, this is English breakfast tea. Um, I think the general tropic feel is what I was going for, and so that's what I was 
shooting for as my final destination. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on 5 Minutes of Rum uh, on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe there. You can rate the show there. And you can even leave a review there. Uh, reviews do help other people find the show. So thank you very much. Those that have left, left a review recently. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's the at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, go get some rum.